You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome. Well, I, we always say welcome. I know. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> What are we doing? Where are we? What we, day is it? It's it Saturday. Is Saturday. But it'll be Tuesday for you bitches. But when you hear this, it is going to be Tuesday, July A different day. <laughs> 7th or something like that. It is still June for us, yep. but when you hear this, it'll be July. I'll be working at that point. You will probably be working too at that point. Hopefully. Work. Haven't done that in a couple of months. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to have to wake up at times. <laughs> you mean I have to have a schedule and go places? I can't remember the last time I set an alarm that wasn't to wake me up in the middle of a nap that wasn't going to be 12 hours long. For now, anyways. We'll I have see to how stop long saying fuck to every person I've met. <laughs> I mean, if you mutter it under your breath, no one will know because you're wearing a mask swears behind my mask when I go to work. Yep. Alright, so we have new microphones. New microphones, because the old microphones were starting to shit the bed. Yeah, there was one that just wasn't working. It's fine, we got 11 episodes out of it. Yeah. We have... Some white claws. They're, I don't think they're new, new, but they're in a new, they're new to us. pack. And so uh, there's a couple of ones that we Ooh, haven't did you really had in it. I, I'll try later. It's fine. White claws, great, but the 12 pack, they, or the four pack, they always have, well, the 12 pack with four flavors, always has black cherry in it. And as we've talked about no, many a time, bad. we don't like black cherry, so we never get white claw. Unless we, like, get a random six-pack. Yeah. But uh, this, they released, I believe... This one doesn't suck. Recently, yeah, it has a lemon and tangerine, watermelon, and mango, mm-hmm. which is all flavors we like. All good. Everyone so, is a good one. It's Yeah, the, I'm drinking the watermelon. It's pretty good. You're drinking the tangerine. It's pretty good. We've had the, we've had the lemon and we've had the mango, mango before. So, good time. Everything's good. New mics. New mics. New seltzers. New seltzers. New topics. New topics. Episode 12. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But But First, First, Let's Let's Talk Talk Nerdy. Clink. We're in our pineapple cups. They're plastic, so they don't No, You know this, because we told you that every single time we're using our plastic pineapple cups. Mm -hmm. Every time we remember to wash them and use them, I'm going to tell you that they don't (laughs) click. So if you don't like that, fuck off. So I'm going to give you a list of characters, and I want you to see what these characters have in common. I don't like this game. Besides being in comics. (laughs) So, list of comic book characters, what do they have in common? Captain America is actually the first person on my list. Uh, Aquaman. Which Captain America? Steve. Okay. Wonder Woman, Batman, Barry Allen, Captain Boomerang, Human Torch, Jason Todd, fucking Star-Lord, Thanos, Thor, uh, Dr. Octopus, Cable, Betty Ross, Scott Lang, Kraven the Hunter, Loki, Spider-Man, anything? They've all died. They've all time traveled. They've so you got it on the first one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they've all died and they've all come back. 
So today we're going to talk about death in comics. Yeah. And how it's bullshit. Unless you're Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Unless you're Gwen Stacy or Uncle Ben or Batman's parents, kind of. I would say even arguably they brought them back into some weird Elseworlds shit and that's stupid. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, so today I'm going to talk about how death in comics is stupid and I'm going to specifically talk about... <laughs> Johnny Storm, you could have mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, well, I think I said Human Torch. Oh, did you? Yeah, I should have said Johnny Storm. It said Human Torch on my list, I didn't write this Okay, one. I just... Human Torch is not ever what I think Usually you of. say Captain America and I just stop listening. That's fair. I did say specifically Steve Rogers, but technically Bucky Barnes died too, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them are like... Quote unquote yeah. deaths, and then you're like, oh, just kidding, just it wasn't kidding. enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so specifically, the two characters that I'm going to talk about are going to be Jean Grey, Ugh. I fucking know, Ugh. and Superman. Ugh. I know, two this characters. It's going to be a long episode. Neither of us really two like. characters that I really don't care about. But also, their deaths really changed, like, what death is in comics. Jean Non-existent. Grey. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank you, Jean Grey. Thank you, Superman. You've ruined death for all of us. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, so my sources today, uh, we have Wikipedia, Fandom, an article called The Many Deaths and Re- Resurrections of X-Men's Jean Grey by Eric Diaz. I also read an article by Eric Diaz called Why We're Still Feeling the Death of Superman. We aren't. That's a, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, X-Men Comics Seriously Love Killing Off Jean Grey by Thomas Bacon. How Jean Grey Changed Death in Comics on Fandom. Jean Grey and the Irrelevance of Death in Comics by Matt Frey. And the short film The Death and Return of Superman, which is great and we should watch it. It's like 15 minutes long. It's just this guy who's getting drunk and talking about how it's some serious bullshit. Mandy Moore is in it as Lois, and it's fucking hysterical. That's adorable. So, uh, death in comics is a pretty regular thing, as we know. Uh, It's consistently a plot that's used over and over and over, and it never, ever takes. There's literally a page on Wikipedia that is comic book death, which is, and I quote, the apparent death and then subsequent return of a long-running character. Um, it's the reason that I'm always like, okay, was there a body fictionally? Because if there isn't a fucking body, then they're just going to find some sort of an opportunity Even to bring if them there back. There is a body. They'll still fucking make it work. That body was the clone of Zorn. Steve Rogers had a body. He, it was a stolen body eventually, but it was a body. It's complicated. You know, Death and comics. Very sad. What are you doing, Namor? I'm really surprised that he wasn't just pondering over it the entire time. He probably was. Just floating around like a dickhead. Which is all Namor does. He was sitting on a rock in the middle of the ocean just pouting how he he did not keep up his end of the bargain. He let Captain America down. (laughs) Fucking Namor, anyways. Ugh, yeah, so there's a lot of stupid ways that this whole thing falls through. Uh, there are countless characters in comics. <laughs> Obviously, that list that I gave you was not even remotely exhaustive, yep. and it is still real goddamn long. Yep. So one of the things that they used to say about comics is that the people who would never return <laughs> were Jason Todd, Bucky Barnes, and Uncle Ben. And now even that statement is two-thirds of a lie. And it was two-thirds of a lie in the same year. I don't know if you knew that one. 
They both came back at the same time. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's that weird, like, Captain America, Batman yeah, thing, yeah. where it's like, we're gonna die at the same time, and then we're both gonna be not actually dead at the same time. So, why does this short sort of shit happen? Couple reasons, but let's be real. The answer is money. It's comic books. It's comic books. You kill off a character, and that issue sells like fucking gangbusters. And then your sales will tank afterwards because all the people who were paying for that character are like, yo, adios, uh, you took the thing that I was invested in, and I'm not there anymore. And then the comic book people are like, well, I guess we'll bring that character back. And since the bringing people back issues also sell really well, it's one of those marketing strategies that you look at and you're like, oh no, you didn't think this one through. This only works like once, maybe twice, unless you're Jean Grey and it's like, no. I didn't you find her. dead for a while though, right? She hasn't come back since the last. She's back. Oh, Bitch is back. I, I don't read comics anymore. She was dead for like 13 years. And they should have left her dead. She needed to stay dead. I have some really, really good articles on that and they all, literally everybody I read about Agrees. Unfortunately. They so moved on from her. I'm like... They didn't need to... We've had other Phoenix Forces and other hosts and other things. It's been much more interesting. Wasn't the whole point of Hope to sort of be like, oh, she may even be a reincarnate of Jean Grey? (laughs) And then we also had baby Jean Grey that came back for a minute from the past. This is why I stopped giving you money. <laughs> one of the quotes books. from one of my articles that I read is, um, I hate to say this, but the most interesting thing that Jean Grey ever did was to get killed. It'd be nice if Marvel could come up with something more creative than bringing her back again. And this was them talking about them bringing her back in 2018 and being like, why? Why? Also, stop making movies about it. They're boring <laughs> and they're bad. Yeah. There's so many more X-Men. We can move on from Wolverine and Jean Grey. Oh, my God. For real. For real. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So it's one of those marketing strategies you look at and you're like, hmm, you guys never fucking commit to anything. And then they're like, well, sometimes it's because the fans really want them back, which I'm like, that's still money. And they're like, but sometimes it's copywriter issues. I'm like, that's still fucking money. Don't, don't pretend. It's, it's not. That is not why you This was just death in general, not Jean Grey <laughs> <Okay>. specific. But... <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who like Jean Grey, but that's... We all have... I was going to say, some people have bad taste, (laughs) and that's fine. So yeah, now that we've settled why we do this, let's get into it. Money! Mm -hmm. Like I said, probably two of the most well-known versions of this fucking nonsense are Jean Grey, who dies like once a week, but um, (laughs) was one of the first like main big comic book character deaths, and one of the first like main characters that they were like, yes, we're going to fucking kill her. And actually stick with it. And then the death of Superman is a big deal. So, 1980 is when Jean's first death happens. Her most famous. Um, I think they all kind of lose the appeal once you've done it once or twice. But what are you going <laughs> to do? Once you've died three or four times, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So the quick and dirty version of the Dark Phoenix Saga, if somehow you don't know what that is. In case you don't know. In case you are my... Mother, who probably doesn't know. <laughs> it's fine, Mom. This is for you. So, Jean Grey uh, is a telepath. She's an X-Men. She goes on a mission to space and gets hit with a solar flare, and it makes all of her telepowers turned way the fuck up like the knob fell off. Uh, she becomes pure thought, which what? And then re- <laughs> I know! And then reforms herself, which technically could be called her first death. 
but it's not the one that matters. And then when she comes back, she calls herself the Phoenix, and she's got shit tons of power. Um, and she's way too powerful, but in a scary way instead of just a boring way. Then there is some nonsense with the Hellfire Club making her think that she is one of them, I know. And then there's some more nonsense with the power of love and some nonsense about power barriers that she had erected to not go crazy. Uh, Scott gets in trouble. Scott is Jean's, like, bow cyclops. Jean breaks free. The Phoenix gets full use of all the fucking power. Cool. Now we are in Dark Phoenix mode because too much power means yikes. So she throws down with the X-Men and everyone and scoots off to a distant galaxy. And then is like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't have enough energy. I thought I had, like, megatons of energy, but I went way the fuck out in space. Now I can't get back. So then she eats a fucking sun, causes supernova. <laughs> no big deal. Kills everyone in that system. Every single person in that system. Uh, there's some more alien nonsense with the Shi'ar. There's some more X-Men nonsense. Some more love nonsense with Cyclops. And then she commits suicide by disintegrating herself with a Kree weapon after a tearful goodbye that she probably said, Scott, during, like, 500 times. Ugh. So yeah, that is the very, very quick and dirty Phoenix Saga. But yeah, so apparently the writer for the Phoenix Saga, Chris Claremont, wanted her to be depowered afterwards. And then the editor at the time, Jim Shooter, was like, no, she just committed mass genocide. We're not going to just give her a fucking slap on the wrist. Like, this isn't how that goes. No, she's going to be dead. And my rule as editor is nobody can bring her back unless they find a way of absolving her for all of these crimes. So basically, he's like, this is the only way she's allowed to come back. That's it. (laughs) Also, a really fun thing. So apparently one of the pencilers for X-Men wore a shirt to uh, Chicago Con in 1980 that said, she's dead and she's going to stay dead in giant caps. And I would give so much money for that shirt. I would wear that shirt every fucking day. But it would have to have a picture of Jean on it. You know. I'm really disappointed that she's alive again. I'm not even, like, annoyed. It's just disappointing. You and every other X-Men fan, except for the, like, three people who (laughs) like Jean, for some strange reason. But yeah, so X-Men went on with their lives, and they mourned Jean. Cyclops got married to a woman who looked suspiciously like Jean. And then the mutants, you know, they went on with their lives. And the irony is that Jean's most famous death was intended to be permanent originally. And because Jim Shooter was like, well, this is the only way. Don't don't give me a way to bring her back. because Especially since it's comic, so I can just write whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, so how they found out how to bring her back is there was a fan at a comic con who ended up becoming a writer later. Kurt Busiek, and he's the one who randomly came up with this idea. He pitched it to somebody, and they were like, you're right, this is great. So the no. deal is... Whoever that bro is, I despise <laughs> you. You're awful, and go home. Yeah. Well, and it also, like, like, bringing her back takes away, like, Claremont was fucking pissed, because they're like, oh, we're gonna take her back. And uh, he's like... You're taking away the meaning of her fucking sacrificing herself to save everyone. When you make a character die for a specific reason Mm -hmm. to make other characters grow and learn, and then you bring them back, it completely takes away everything. 
like, just going back to the few characters that are still dead, if you brought back actual Gwen Stacy... It would take everything away. It would away. take everything away from Peter and MJ. All of the meaning. Everything. Really weird. Yes. Yeah. And that is so much who they are. How mm-hmm. can you do that? And it's the same thing. If you're going to do such a shocking death, you can't just then rewrite it. Like, they can figure out ways to do it. Like, with Bucky, now Steve has all this extra guilt on top of, I let him die. And now it's like, oh, well, now he's been tortured for nine million years. Bucky's a different thing because that's really good writing. That's, That's fucking up our entire fucking comic book thing. But it's doing it in a smart way. This wasn't. Also, so Claremont, they told him that Gene was going to be recovering on a Friday, and then he spent the entire weekend being like, no, coming up with contract proposals and being like, this is bullshit. If, if we do this, then it makes it clear that there's no suspense in comics and that re- nobody dies in comics. It doesn't fucking matter. Which, yes, that Basically. is exactly how that all went. So how did they figure out how to get around this gym shooter thing? Um, so actually, the Phoenix made a clone of Jean, and it had been a clone of Jean the entire time. It just made a copy of her, and that's what it was. So when the Phoenix killed itself, it was the Phoenix and not Jean who was in a, let's see, was it a weird what little pod? fucking stupid-ass fan decided this was a good idea, and then so, Marvel was like, oh, let's go with this. This is a really good storyline, and it's very original. Granted, back in the day, this was a little bit original. It's just not good. Making a clone of someone is never original. No. Well, and also, this is after Maddie. We so just got Maddie. We already had a clone. Like, fucking five minutes ago. Making a clone of yourself is never fucking original. Especially in Marvel. Marvel. DC. Making a clone of yourself is never fucking original. DC is not as bad. Marvel has a clone for literally every other person. Liz, that's true. You know that's true. Gwen Stacy probably has like 12 clones out there. How many clones do we have of fucking Emma? A lot. Spider-Man? Nick Fury did just have a you whole literally bunch of have clone bots of himself. Like, <laughs> like Spider-Man just laid eggs and had clones. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but, but, but it's true. There's so fucking many. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, so basically, technically, she wasn't the one who ate the planet. They also, put her just in this to let you weird... know, Martha's voice, that annoying voice she said that in, was how my face looked. <laughs> but yeah. If my eyes could get stuck mm-hmm. in the back of my head from a, a, an expression, that would have been the one to make it happen. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of lazy gymnastics going on there in trying to bring her back. They hired this fucking shitty-ass writer. Later. After all this fucking shit, this is just some kid who was like, this is an idea. And they're like, we're taking it. And then we'll hire you. eventually hire you. Yeah, we'll find you later when you're a person. I don't know. Um, He's the one person in the world that likes Jean Grey. Hey, there's got to be one. So yeah, 1983, you've got Maddie Pryor. She comes back for a little bit. We're not getting into that because Maddie is her own person and I'm not making her a piece of Jean because she's better than Jean. She's so much better than Jean. Not hard. It's a low bar. You're stepping (laughs) over on the ground. Um, So yeah. You barely have to pick your feet up for that one. (laughs) So five years after Jean Grey dies, there's some random sailors that find her in a cocoon, an underwater cocoon at the bottom of the ocean, which... 
Hold- Can we do that again too? Yeah. How many times are we gonna find people at the bottom of the motherfucking ocean? Oh, hold that thought because we'll come back to this one. In fact, just take a fucking note of weird underwater cocoon nonsense. It will come up later. But yeah, so underwater cocoon, real gene comes back and copy gene was the one who ate the planet. Later on down the line, they'll retcon this. We'll get there. No worries. Retcon what part? Her being not Phoenix. Like, so it's like, are they separate or are they not separate? fucking genocide. Does that ever get completely, like, on the page said? No. But she did. If but they, they come back. If clone and that she's not the phoenix, then she committed fucking mass genocide, so she should be dead again. First of all, also, phoenix isn't interesting if it's not eating planets. Sorry. Period. That's the end of the story. Like, if you don't have a reason to hate this huge cosmic power, there's no reason to put it in at all. That's bad writing. Also, speaking of bad writing. Power that is just unstoppable and mm-hmm. boring anyways. It has to be boring or scary. Yeah. Some more bad writing. She was also, <laughs> at one point, killed by a sentinel. Dean Gray. This is post-Phoenix nonsense. And it only lasted two issues, and I didn't read a lot because... What? what then why bother? <gasps> Why would you bother killing her for two fucking issues? What does that actually do for you? It lessens death. That's it. That's it. That's all it does. I don't know. Uh, And she was snapped by Thanos, but who wasn't, you know? That's not fucking special. That's normal shit. Um, So, 2001-ish, Phoenix is back again, but this time she is definitely Jean and not copy Jean. So it's a retcon of a retcon. (laughs) Comic book classic and a staple of the comic book death. She didn't do it. Don't you see? It was just Magneto. No, it was just it never happened. No, it was just what are you talking about? Zorn. That never. She never ate a planet. Actually, it was a clone of Zorn who ate a planet. <laughs> it was a scroll. <laughs> also, I have literally this clone of Zorn joke written in here like three times. I hate you. It's my least favorite. Fucking like we're getting out of this death. No, we're actually getting out of this death twice. It was Magneto, and then they're like, actually, it's Zorn. Actually, it was a clone of Zorn, because we still need Zorn, too. And I'm like, bah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, Yeah, God. so I had a hard time finding... I hate comics. Yeah, comics are terrible. Why do we <laughs> love them? I had a hard time finding, like, actually being able to read this one so if this sounds a little complicated and I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about that's why but uh, basically so Jean gets the phoenix back she is herself uh, Genix I winked that was it I I read it too it was in there she's helping the X-Men fight Magneto for some reason and I don't know how much control she has here uh, it doesn't look like much in the a couple stills that I could fucking find online. And then at some point, Magneto uses his powers to give her a massive heart attack with an EMP blast, which I don't know if, A, that's even something that he can do with his powers to I a mean, human. One of those things about Magneto is you can just be like, Magnus, how does it no work? No one really knows how Magnus <laughs> works. And then I was like, does actual science follow this? And then I was like, I don't know. I'm not fo- I'm not following this. Wolverine actually kills her here to spare her from a pa- horribly painful death. And uh, I'm going to say right now, spare me your questions because I'm so confused. Why did a heart attack take down the goddamn phoenix? 
Why hasn't Magneto given more people heart attacks? If he could give Magneto... Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you... Why are you grandstanding all the time instead of suddenly killing your enemies from afar? How do we get to this stupid, dumb place? Like, ugh. This is... This is dumb, and I fucking hate it. Um, so yeah. She dies. Wolverine just snicks her, you know. The only reason that happened was for that dramatic scene. The only so reason that they could that do it in the movies later was so that there could be a dramatic scene where Wolverine had to kill mm-hmm. Jean Grey to bring her back a, a fucking issue later. Then he can stroke her picture. Uh, that one lasted a little oh, while okay. longer. But, um, so that one she dies and then the Phoenix Force resurrects her in 2005. We're just, when did this happen? So that one happened, it started in the issues, it was somewhere between 2001 and 2004. Okay. Question mark. <laughs> so it could have been four years, it could have been one year. Yep. I think it was longer, but I'm not sure. The only reason they did that was to make fucking Wolverine more emo. Mm-hmm. He's stroking her picture and crying. Probably. Like the fucking pussy-ass bitch that he is. Phoenix resurrects her again in 2005 for Phoenix Ensong. Basically, it takes her soul with it to another dimension called the White Hot Room. I think you know the Ensong. I think you do. Yes. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. we definitely read this. So, Ensong, there was another song, and they were both pretty good as far as Phoenix stories go. But basically, it takes her to the White Hot Room, which is where all of the iterations of Phoenix are there together. It's also where they're, like, kind of reborn as Phoenixes in Phoenix eggs. <sighs> question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. But let's not look too closely at that. It's basically they're the Phoenix base of uh, operations, but also kind of an afterlife place, and it's within the crystal that she like heals the first time that they have phoenix nonsense yeah it's complicated and then they leave her there for 13 years which they did teen gene for a bit um and then i guess in 2018 they brought her back again and one of the quotes that i have on this is my point is that resurrections in comics cheapen everything that came before and diminish the ability of characters to surprise us the companies will say that those original stories still exist and still matter, but I really can't get behind that. Yeah, I can still reread Barry's tragic death in Crisis or Gene's sacrifice in Dark Phoenix, but in the back of my mind, I know that's all undone somewhere in the future. I'm also a cynic about where things are going. Gene may be alive now, but I've got little reason to doubt that Gene won't die again at some point and come back again at some point and so on and so forth. It's a shitty, dumb, revolving door. Can't put the genie back in the bottle. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> you should be more disappointed because I stole that joke from one of these articles. I'm disappointed <laughs> that you were like this. I'm putting this in because I boop, know boop, you'll need it. Oh, yeah. That one was just <laughs> shoehorn this joke in. <laughs> so on the flip side of Jean's death, which is the first big death that mattered in comics, you have Superman. So the difference is Superman's death was never intended to be permanent. They knew they they were going to bring him back as soon as they started to kill him, which not really a surprise. He's one of DC's like biggest guns, one of their trio. But for something that was planned, it's one of those things that you look back at and you're like, who fucking planned this fucking nonsense? <laughs> so that's how we're going to get into this. So Superman dies in 1992. 
At this time, Superman comics are doing really well. I'm sure you know, like, weird early 90s Superman shit where he's got... There's a lot of weird fashion. It was horrible. So the year before, in 1991, which this I was shocked about, uh, Clark finally tells Lois that he's Superman and they get engaged. So this is 50-ish years of Clark not telling fucking Lois that he's Superman. Which, what? Look, comic book boyfriends, please tell your, like, very special significant others because you're just putting them at risk. Otherwise, you Why stupid butts. Peter Parker, I'm also talking about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, you're putting if them at danger. Fucking tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, after that, they've got to top that reveal. So how are they going to fucking do that? With a wedding! Yay! But... Is it an awful dress? It is, but not yet. Okay. Turns out, actually, comic dresses, comic yeah, they, it was cool. Real bad. Comic dresses. This was also in the nineties. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. The comic wedding book dresses, real bad. <sighs> but instead of that happening, don't let fucking bros draw wedding dresses. Sorry, bros. Unless they're gay, you can't. Yeah. Sorry, you, you that's the rules. You can't. If you, you can't, don't understand clothes, if the last thing that you put on for the last three days was either jeans or khaki pants, you don't get to fucking draw fashion. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't even know about that. Well, I mean, they do get married later, but that doesn't matter. That okay, doesn't sorry, that was because that was funny. It's still important. So WB starts their Lois and Clark series, and it's oh. I know, right? <laughs> and it's basically Clark, like yeah. about Lois and Clark getting together and all this, and they wanted to my dad. Um, and they really wanted to end with the whole thing as a wedding, and DC was like, oh, well, we want to hop on this and so that we can combine and get as much fucking money out of this as we possibly fucking can. Some dickhead was like, crossover stories forever, and then we never, ever were happy in comics again. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like I said, cats out of the bag as far as identity goes. They're affianced. We can't marry them, and we Did need something. Did you just say they were fianced? Affianced. Oh. That's the actual word. And I was like, they were fianced? I was like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> they are fiancés. They are engaged. They're engaged. Just use the word that every other fucking person in I'm the world sorry. uses. I know You're not what... fancy. I'm fancy, I just don't show it. You're drinking out of a fucking fake plastic pineapple cup with our fucking white claws. You are an epitome of a white girl right now. I am. (laughs) It's true. Basic white bitch right now. I never said any of those basic white bitch. All of those things are true about me. Then say engaged like a basic white bitch. They're off (laughs) yon! But we can't marry them. Because he's dead? No, we can't marry them because they're getting married later. Because we want everything to happen at the same time. Because money. So, we need something that's bigger. Something that's bigger than that. And then apparently one comic book artist was like, hmm, why don't we just kill him? But like, as a joke? And they were like, you know, that's a thought, isn't it? <laughs> real well in Marvel with Jean Grey. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> So, yeah, the death issue comes, and it's wrapped in, like, a black poly bag. There's a fucking bleeding S-shield on the front, and it comes with a fucking black armband, because it's the 90s, and we loved gimmicks in the 90s. <laughs> and it made- I know what you mean by armband, but I'm just thinking, like, slap bracelet. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> Superman is dead! I was just like, it's slap bracelet, <laughs> bleeding 
evening ass that they put on their fucking logo was right there. Slap bracelets, dude. Dating ourselves right now. It's all good. It's all good. And it made national news. Um, and this was probably before anyone who was not a comic book reader was aware that comic book heroes die all the fucking time. All the fucking time. And also, die. the comics beat the news with this shit because that's who they are and they're trying to get money. Looking at you, gay Green Lantern in New 52, which I'm still mad about. Period. So he that's stayed why dead. the New 52. Fuck you! New 52. You're gone and forever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. I don't know. I, mean, that's I don't know because DC was, DC was like, uh, we're changing things. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so he stayed dead for a few months and was mourned and stuff. And during all of this, the death, the pre-death and the after death, they have four fucking Superman titles going, which is bonkers. What? Yeah, so you have a Superman thing that's coming out every fucking week. Um, Too much. Yeah, and so what happens next is probably the most stupid, but also my fucking favorite thing. Each of these issues has a new Superman in it, and they're all claiming to be the Man of Steel. So you have four fucking weirdos who are running around as Superman. Oh, goddamn K. So how this shit goes down. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Sorry. So these four doofuses come out and they're like, I'm the return of Superman. And they all end up being part of the story later. And I had warned to anyone who wasn't a dingus, it was pretty clear that they were not Superman. But Lois opens up <laughs> Superman's coffin and is like, hmm, his body's not there anymore. <laughs> of course it so, is. So, hmm, possibly, maybe. So, first thing we have is Superboy. He's like, don't call me Superboy, I'm the Metropolis Kid. And this is the most, most insufferable and 90s of Superboys. So he's wearing those stupid, dumb glasses, that fucking leather jacket, He's so annoying and bratty. He's, like, weird and flirty with everybody that he saves. Ugh, I can't stand him. You know, he comes in and he saves people, and you're like, that's fine, I'm glad you saved me, but I kind of want to fucking poke you in the eye and maybe kick you in the dick. I don't know. At the end of things, he ends up being a clone of Superman, and if I recall correctly, Lex Luthor, which, uh, Lex, I'm sure that's not gay or obsessive or anything. (laughs) So, next, we have... (laughs) John Henry Irons, or Steel, and yes, that that is his name. They're like, hmm, we're going to have a black Superman. What's a black person's name? John Henry. So yeah, John Henry Irons, who is Steel. Steel is an engineer who made a metal suit so that he could follow in Superman's footsteps. They end up pushing Steel so, so much through the 90s, and there was also a fucking... Steel movie? I think Shaquille O'Neal was in it or something weird. I just remember it being a fucking travesty. Ugh, yikes. So he's got like a fancy robot suit, which is not, it's a little more complicated than that. And, um, but he's also one of the people who's not pretending to be Superman like a fucking dickhead. Then next you have the last son of Krypton, who actually ends up being this thing called the Eradicator. Uh, he looks exactly like Superman, but he wears these corny fucking sunglasses. <laughs> Not good shit. Um, the Eradicator is basically originally he was a device made to preserve a society that was corrupted 
on Krypton and then now basically does everything it can to preserve Krypton and Kryptonian life, including fucking up Kryptonian lives and making it impossible for them to leave their planet. Like an ancient Kryptonian weapon that ended up merging with a human body, and that's why it looks like Superman. He, he comes in here and he's like, yeah, I'm Superman, and then there's somebody mugging a woman and he saves her by throwing the dude through an entire wall and killing him. Um, how he hospitalizes some people by that, burning the fuck out of them. That is how I would be. A that's why you don't have superpowers, and that's why I don't have superpowers. Um, yeah. Like, Oops, sorry. He's like, extreme, extreme, Don't be extreme, a fucking extreme. asshole. Don't be a fucking creepy ass rapist, and I won't throw you through a wall and kill you. I'm okay with throwing rapists through walls. I would say if you're trying to steal my purse, please don't just kill somebody for stealing my purse. It's annoying, but I'll be able to live. Maybe that could be just a sign. That could be step one until they get worse. It is step one, but it also could be step one because they're too poor and they don't have any money. And then so my personal fave slash my least favorite, which is uh, Cyborg Superman. It looks like the Terminator and Superman had a baby. He comes in and he's like... I have amnesia. I remember a couple things. I don't know why I have all these weird Kryptonian parts you know in my face. When he just said, I have amnesia, it makes me think of Futurama. I have amnesia! <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, I kind of remember something about a farm. And Lois is like, maybe this is him. Ooh, he remembers stuff about Clark's life. Maybe. And so they take him to some scientist and they scan him with some fancy science nonsense, which isn't real. And they find that he has half Superman's DNA and half Kryptonian technology, which is not how DNA works, comics. You can't have half DNA. (laughs) Half can't come from robots. Okay, whatever. So what this dude actually is, is his name is Hank Henshaw. And he's a shit knockoff of our good friend, who we fucking hate, Reed Richards. Ugh. Yeah. So he was an astronaut, and he went off to space with his family, and they get hit by some cosmic radiation, and most of them die some very horrible deaths. Superman bummer. can't help. Uh, dead wife, bummer. Dead wife, bummer. Yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Comic books! <laughs> so his wife starts to become invisible, but she's like, Becoming invisible to the point where you'll never, ever see her again. She'll just invisible lies. Mm, no. Vampirize. That's the word. And he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So he somehow gets turned into an energy being that can manipulate machinery. He saves his wife. And then he builds himself a cyborg body. And she's like, ew, you're gross. And commits. <laughs> and, com- and commits suicide. <laughs> so, yes, he does have a dead wife. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, and so he blames this whole big fucking mess on Superman, which honestly is very Reed Richards, I think. Hank Henshaw's desire now is to defame Superman's name by committing the worst atrocities in the universe while bearing his face. So, yeah. There's Sorry, that. I'm still laughing over his backstory. <laughs> it's really dumb! It's real bad. Yeah, just the fact that they were like, Reed Richards is stupid. Let's take him and make him <laughs> stupider. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, so he uses his, like, weird being able to jump from machine to machine to machine to find Superman's DNA from some Kryptonian nonsense. And that's why he has half Kryptonian DNA and half robot. 
Okay. <laughs> There's some stuff that happens. They end up fighting amongst themselves. There's a big alien ship that's headed straight for Coast City, which is where Hal Jordan lives. Both Cyborg, Superman, and Eradicator get the memo and head there immediately. The ship starts dropping, and I quote, carnage globes, which I don't know what the fuck that's supposed say, to mean. And Eradicator's I'm like... I'm literally just thinking of, like, little globes of carnage from fucking yeah. Marvel, and they, they're all they're like, like little babies. They plop out, and they're like, they're like this big. That would be the ideal situation. It's the only thing that I accept. I think they're supposed to be, like, bombs. No, and they that's just not did as fun. It's significantly shittier. I want stupid little one foot tall carnages Bang. running around. So many <laughs> shitty, shitty tongues everywhere. <laughs> Schnipp starts dropping these carnage globes. Uh, the eradicator goes to take a look and he's like, I'm going to go figure out what's up. And Cyborg Soups is like, nah, I think we'll get blamed if you do that, which is a lie. And then Cyborg Superman blasts the fuck out of him. And then Coast City gets annihilated by all of the Carnage Globes. <laughs> and Mongol comes down and Cyborg Soups kneels before him and kisses his hand and says Metropolis is next. Um, he also is like, uh, there's a rogue Superman that's causing all of these problems and it's not just me. And I don't know why he didn't just blame the Eradicator who had already put a bunch of people in the hospital who he just basically eradicated temporarily. And he can't tell you that he's alive because he's not around. But, you know, not everybody's as smart as me, which is not great. Did you understand the story you just read? No one was smart who wrote that story. I know. <laughs> I barely understand it. I don't really. All I, uh, The only thing I got out of it was little carnages running around <laughs> with all their tongues. <laughs> they're about a foot tall and they have a really long Please tongue. Please don't touch my feet with your and tongue. And they're all like, ah, ah, ah. Like, like and tons of like habit. dumb dogs walking yes, around with basically. it. Oh, I want that. I want one as a pet. I want that in my life. So yeah, Steel and Superboy, and I think Supergirl, and then they also Eradicator gets reborn. Too sweet. They all go to take him on, and uh, it's a big fucking nah. He beats the shit out of all of them, and then suddenly somebody comes in and hits Hank Henshaw in the fucking face, and it's goddamn Superman. Yeah, he is not dead. He's not dead and he didn't stay dead. You know that. Also, if you I sure hope you heard that because I slapped my forehead real hard. A hard face palm. Not dead. Superman, he just comes in, he's wearing this <laughs> this weird all black like unitard with a silver S and like a weird boat neck. Is Superman that much more strong than Supergirl? I'm not 100% that was a sure. a weird way to say that sentence. But. I think they're probably pretty on par, and I don't know if Supergirl is actually here or in Metropolis. I wasn't paying too... Okay. She's maybe there, but I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, why is Superman alive? So it turns because out... Because that's what they were gonna do anyways. Yes. <laughs> that apparently, when Kryptonians are very near to death... They go into a healing coma, which is identical to human death. And then they put him in like a weird, it's another weird cocoon under the water to heal. Like, y'all are bad at writing. 
bad at Be writing. a little creative if you're going to do this. Yeah. And Lois is like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, I don't know. And it's like, okay. I mean, he wouldn't have known because he was a baby when he left, left this planet. But also this is bad writing. And you should feel fucking bad. You just fucking suck. Just be a little creative. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring him back, be a little creative. So DC sold uh, almost three million issues of the issue where Superman died. I shame all of you. Mm-hmm. And basically every store that they had sold out on the first fucking day. And people were pissed when Superman came back. They were good. Bug they fuck crazy. Be Which yeah, exactly. Fucking fair. You waited half a minute and Superman got to take a fucking nap, but you couldn't sell. The nap of Superman, so comic <laughs> sales plummeted. You shot yourself in the fucking ass here. <laughs> the nap of Superman. Exactly. It's like, well, he's gonna... The coma of Superman. <laughs> it was... Okay. Bad. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Fucking dumb. Anyhow. Superman fights Hank Henshaw, kicks his ass, punches a hole through him, destroying his body, and then he's just back. Superman's just back. And he's got long hair because he grew it in his weird healing coma. And also, it's the 90s. How long was this? Uh, It was a couple months. I know. I know. Everything. If you're mad, you should be fucking mad. I want to vomit. (laughs) Yeah. With how much disgust. Here's another thing that's going to make you mad, but would only make cosplayers mad. (laughs) Apparently, Supergirl takes his ripped up, like, black super suit and makes it into his regular Superman suit and he just has it. I'm like, no, but it's black! That's, you it can't, can't be. dye black fabric first off. I'm like, did you just like sew a pocket in that's made of the same fabric so and that you feel good? if it's ripped up, you're gonna see seams where you have to sew it back together. It doesn't make it any sense. magically mend fabric together. There's, if you... Have a hole. Also, why did Supergirl have to sew it? Why can't Superman sew shit for himself? Also, just buy a new suit. Yeah. You know Bruce Wayne. He's got money more than money. Money fucking money. More money than God. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Supergirl, I hope you threw that suit at his fucking face and choked up. I need a new suit. This is my old one that I wore for a minute. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Be like, what happened? To literally all of your old suits. Did Lois burn them all when you were dead? I just don't feel like that's the thing. So yeah, everything just goes kind of back to normal. So his black suit became blue? Yeah, that that's more horseshit than the rest of this. I'd rather believe somebody coming back to life than I would believe somebody making you a black suit. You cannot die into black a blue fabric. Suit. It's it's the darkest shade. You can't do anything with it. Um, You are not dyeing black fabric into anything. It stays black. Unless you use bleach. (laughs) And then you get weird splotches of white dots on your black. I really want somebody to draw this terrible dyed suit. Someone who's not Your black suit's not becoming blue. Why does your suit have so many It's not fucking happening. Spots on it. Unless that's somehow super Supergirl's magical power we don't know about. She can just change colors. She can just magical girl you. I wish that was my power. I fucking wish that was my power. Mm-hmm. If I ever get a mutant power, I just want to be able to magical girl my clothes. That's all I want. Fuck me. Uh, yes, that would be the best power in the entire world. Maybe teleportation would be good too. So, Yes. Comics had been pretty easy with death and rebirth before this. 
And then after, it was just a fucking free-for-all. Like, directly after, you had most of the main people in DC died, 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 or got replaced, or got broken like Batman in Nightfall. You also had, it was the start of Green Lantern's whole parallax arc, and the fact that he was going to die and then be replaced with another Green Lantern, the fourth one. I don't know why we decided to add a new Green Lantern to replace Hal Jordan. Like, it's not like we don't have 12 of them. And then, yeah, after that, death in comics became a joke. Gene got her fucking foot in the door, and then Superman smashed it to fucking pieces. <laughs> and here we are. And now it's gone completely. Now you have people who are like, oh, well, I'll be back in a couple fucking minutes. <laughs> cool. Thanks, you fuckers. Fuck death in comics. That's the end. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe Heath. And I'm Tony Heath. And we've been watching Doctor Who for five years. So that makes us experts. Probably. I once heard a guy say that he listened to a four-hour podcast by an expert, which made him an expert. So we're experts. Definitely experts. And you can be an expert, too. All you have to do is listen to... The Watchathon of Rassilon. It's a podcast. That we make. Together. Sometimes with friends. Listen to it. Or else. The Watchathon of Rassilon. A proud member of the ESO Network. Oh, right. Right. Magic. It's your turn. It's always a mess when I go second. <laughs> it's my favorite. I just, I can't. I'm a mess always, it. so it makes me feel slightly better. I don't know what my issue is. <laughs> okay. I think it... See, probably. <laughs> okay, so... Yes. My topic for today... Mm-hmm is Pokemon and a bunch of their conspiracies. Oh, shit! Oh, my God! So I stumbled upon Pokemon and cartoon and video game and all random conspiracies like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And they're so fun. (laughs) And I keep doing my video game topics on conspiracies. But they're so good. I don't know what you want from me. My two favorite things! It's just a fun, yeah, it's just a fun <laughs> twist on things, okay? Whatever. I used a little bit of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I did a two list on uh, Mashable.com. One was by Sarah Broncero Men- uh, Menendez, <laughs> and another <laughs> by Ryan Creamer. That one's much easier to say. (laughs) And then there was a post on Reddit by a person called Culper that I read. Fucking love Reddit. Yes. All right. Pokemon is a Japanese media franchise managed by the Pokemon Company and is divided between Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures. The franchise copyright and in Japan, the Japanese trademark is split between these three companies. But Nintendo is the sole owner when it comes to the international base of Pokemon. The franchise was created by Satoshi Tajari in 1995 and is centered on fictional creatures called Pokemon, uh, which was based off of Pocket Monsters. I knew that. Yes. Which is a weird 
thing because none of them fit in a pocket. Only when they're in a belt. Fine. And then, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they fit on a belt. <laughs> it depends on the size of your pockets. If you are a child if wearing you are cargo a, pants. If you are a girl, there are no pockets for Pokeball. Here's a fun skirt, though. And I'm like, yay, outfits for my Pokemon people. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't need to use these real pockets, so they don't That's need why to. That's why you have a bag. Exactly. And it's a and bag that fits everything. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, the fictional creatures Pokemon, which um, humans, known as Pokemon trainers, catch and train to battle each other for sport. All right. Ready for some crazy numbers? Crazy numbers. Yeah. Yes. So, the franchise started with Pokemon Red and Green in Japan, and then later released as Red and Blue internationally. I was going to say, I'm really confused now. <laughs> yeah. So, it was Red and Green, which is why when they re-released them, there was green, there was Emerald, Ruby, and Sapphire. Yes. But it was Red and Green in Japan, and then when it got released internationally, it was Red and Blue. Originally for the, the original Game Boy system, which was released in 1996. Oh, no. I know, right? So, Pokemon has since become the highest grossing media franchise of all time with 95 billion total franchise revenue. The original video game is the second best selling video game franchise next to Nintendo's Mario franchise which has more than 346 million copies sold and 1 billion mobile downloads. Fuck. It has a hit anime <laughs> TV series that has become the most successful video game adaptation with over 20 seasons and a thousand episodes in 169 countries. Mm-hmm. I heard Ash just like a couple years ago actually won his fucking thing. <laughs> Look, you're doing a thing, you're buddy. You're doing great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and in addition, Pokemon franchise includes the world's top-selling toy brand, mm-hmm. the top-selling trading card game. Definitely. With over 28.8 billion cards sold, an anime film series, a live-action film, books, manga co- manga comics. That, I don't, that was a comic. <laughs> otherwise, I would have just said manga. And music. <laughs> straight from Wikipedia, everyone. <laughs> Music, merchandise, and a theme park. Oh, yeah. I think in Japan. I'd probably oh, I'd, I'd immediately burst into tears if anybody brought me to that theme park. The yeah. franchise is also represented in other Nintendo media, such as Super Smash Brothers. All right, so now that I've just dropped all those bam, 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 fucking bam. numbers on you, they don't really have anything to do, but I was like, these are fucking insane, and I need to say them. Honestly, <laughs> it just makes me think of the stupid amount of money that I've spent on things. Oh, yeah. I oh, spent yeah. so much money on Pokemon cards when I was little. Oh, was yeah. my money. It was and my parents. all the games... And all the games I've rebought for my new systems <laughs> and the money I've spent on Pokemon Go. And plushes and shit oh, like that. Shit. Fuck you guys. It's fine. So with something so vast, it leaves a lot of things unexplained. There's a lot of plot holes. And maybe there's things that the creators just want to hint at, but they want you to sort of figure out and fill in on your own. Fair. So, of course, there's going to be many different fan theories and conspiracies. And some of them are really on the point. They're really great and I love them. Some are ranging from classic video games to the anime, even bowls over a little bit into the live action movie. Mm. Um, There's a ton of them, but I'm going to go over 10 of them that I found most enjoyable. Okay. Number one. Number one. 
this theory actually has multiple parts and it's spawning all over the first generation universe of Pokemon Red <laughs> and Blue. Oh, gee, shit. Green. Yep. Yes. They're, like I said, multiple parts of the, theory, the theory, but they all connect together and it comes from the Reddit user that I mentioned earlier. This is, so I broke it down into parts. This is the origin of the main characters, Red and Blue. Ah. So after his work on the Mewtwo project, Professor Oak made multiple attempts at bioengineering a human clone. The first successful attempt produced a subject that was biologically human but lacked human emotion. Professor Oak's second attempt produced a more human subject that could easily be mistaken for an ordinary and rambunctious young boy. The first subject was implanted in a surrogate mother living in the town of Pallet, while the second subject matured entirely in Oak's laboratory. The subjects were named Red and Blue. The surrogate requested to raise subject Red, while Professor Oak was like, that's fine, and ended up raising subject Blue Blue. as his own grandson, which is why Blue has way more of a personality Mm. than you you do as red. Ah. Sorry, that's so annoying. It's going to be a lot of that, everyone. Get ready. <laughs> All right. So how the Pokeballs work. This Reddit user theorizes that the Pokeballs leak radiation proportional to the mass of the Pokemon contained within. And the amount of radiation that the human trainer can safely withstand is proportional to their own body mass. This is why younger trainers, like youngsters and lasses, lightweight Pokemon like Rattatatas and Jigglypuffs, Mm -hmm. while heavy Pokemon like Geodude and Onyxes are always carried by the hikers. Ah. Of course, the radiation of those balls add up, which is why most trainers only carry around two, three, or four Pokeballs at a time. Gym leaders, since they don't have to just carry around their Pokeballs and can leave them someplace, don't get as much radiation so they can have up to around five. So why can our main character and his rival carry six? Red and blue, being genetically engineered humans, have the strength to carry up to six Pokeballs at a time. And not get mass amounts of cancer. And then the last part of this theory that I'm going over, because there was a couple other parts, some wasn't that exciting, and then one part I was reading and I was like... What's happening? So, what is the Pokemon League? The Kanto region is controlled by four elite emperors known as the Elite Four. Kanto is governed under what is essentially a feudal system, with local rulers residing in these gyms surrounded by local followers and apprentices. The Elite Four is aware of the possibility of a trainer raising Pokemon that will be more powerful than their own, so to prevent from them from doing this and then attempting to stage a violent revolution, the Elite Four has extended a generous offer. Anyone who's able to beat them is allowed to join their ranks. But as we know, since we've both played many Pokemon games, so many. few possess the skills to even make it past a, a few of the gyms, luckily, let alone being able to We've defeat. always been able to. Yeah, but <laughs> luckily, your shoulders luckily off, you know? we fucking train and are like, we're going to the fire drum. I'm going to bring water Pokemon. <laughs> Here's my 100 level things. Everything is 100. Would you like a level 100 thing that's going to annihilate everything? You all deem yourselves. It makes it really easy to know what Pokemon I should bring. (laughs) Um, But as you know, it is supposed to be uncommon and difficult for them to even defeat all eight gyms, let alone to then go to the Elite Four 
and defeat them. So it keeps them in power of this Cantor region. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a few other plot points that are hard to explain. I don't really 100% get it, but it's sort of like a few cool little cute things that someone theorizes of why Kanto is like it is in the first game. Weird. Yes. I never thought about it like a feudal system. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of does fit. All right. Theory number two, the war. So one of the big questions in the original red, green, and blue games is why there are only really young children and elderly running around in the games. Mm. Well, there are very few middle-aged women and men. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They're unimportant. Same. (laughs) Meh is exactly how to refer to them. So Red, the main protagonist and your avatar, uh, has no father to speak of. And Blue, your rival, also doesn't appear to have any parents. Was that because you're... Test tube babies? Well, and the other theory was because they're test tubes. Oh. This is another theory. We've moved on. We've moved on. I got gloves. I said two. Oh, did you? Yes. Fuck. I separate each of them by numbers, Martha. I got confused. So they're saying that they don't have a dad or any parents because of this war. Right. No. Okay. Actually, I was listening and now I feel stupid. (laughs) Stupider. In general. So... In fact, there seems to be very few adults besides the gym leaders. It is theorized that the reason for the lack of adults is a war in the Cantor region. The theory is backed up by um, Lieutenant Surge, the gym leader of Vermilion. I City. remember Lieutenant Surge. Yes. He describes how electric Pokemon saved him during the war. Ah. He's always like, evolve your Pikachu. And I'm like, don't. Leave me alone. About this Pikachu. <laughs> Some speculate that there was a war in Kanto with massive casualties causing the gap in generations. This explains why Professor Oak gives out a Pokedex to every new trainer who ventures out into the world. This would be an effective way to either collect or verify information lost during the war, and it would also determine which species of Pokemon survived so, oh. the war. Alright. I was just hoping that. Humans were the only ones who died in the war. I mean, if you're bombing shit, animals are dying too, unfortunately. uh... Theory number three. This is one of my favorites. This is one one of the first ones I ever read, and I was like, damn. Red kills blues radicate. I've told you about this one. Yes. So, Lavender Town, a town in Kanto, is the home of the Pokemon Tower, which is a giant graveyard for dead Pokemon. Mm-hmm. In the red, green, and blue games, you find blue in said graveyard and you end up battling him. Only this time there's something different. He doesn't use his Raticate, which he has used in every previous battle. And he, from this point, never uses this Raticate again. Sure, of course, Blue could have just switched his Raticate out for a stronger Pokemon because Raticate is not strong or traded it to another trainer. But what if that isn't the case? There's a rumor that in the original version of the games released in Japan, Blue asks if Red knows what it's like for a Pokemon to die. The last time the players see Blue's Raticate is on the SSN, which Red manages to get off before it leaves the dock. The theory is Raticate was severely wounded in their battle on the cruise ship and being stuck on the cruise ship, Blue didn't make it to the Pokemon Center in time and his Raticate died. That's bullshit. This would be, yes, this would be why he's at the tower in the first place. He's burying and mourning his Raticate. 
And then you're like, oh, That's are sad. we getting dark Pokemon? Oh, no darkness. <laughs> Stop killing your animals. Don't battle your animals. Mm-hmm. We all know. I also like that we're getting dark now, but it's like, also, would you like to see this Cubone whose mom is dead? Oh, we get into that. Oh, good. There's a few different versions of that we get into. I'm sad about all of them, I'm sure. Oh, that's actually literally the next one. Yeah. Number four, two-parter, Kangaskhan, and Cubone. Oh. All right. So part one, in several Pokemon index entries, Cubone is described as wearing the skull of his dead mother. The fact that he is an orphan is a central part of the Pokemon's characterization, and its evolved form, Marowak, is said to have toughened up from the lack of maternal care. Some fans believe that Cubone's final evolved form was originally Kangaskhan, which is why the two look similar in body type. Another theory is that only Kangaskhan babies that lose their mothers turn into Cubones. Because they wear their mother's skull, and then instead of just growing into being a Kangaskhan, they evolve into a Marowak. This isn't as unusual as you might think, because as we know, different Pokemon such as Slowpoke end up evolving into Slowbro by a shell they're (laughs) latching onto its tail. Exactly. 12 hours later, he's like, ow! Yes. But it's saying that if, if the way this you Pokemon changes is only if a shelter classes on here, then if a baby Cubone or a baby Kangaskhan puts his mother's skull on because she's dead, he ends up changing into a Cubone and then becoming a Marowak Makes who sense. has mother problems. Part two, though, there's another side to this. Uh-huh. The second theory is uh, that these two Pokemon, there's a possible predator-prey relationship. So Cubone is known to have that move Boomerang, mm-hmm. and Kangaskhan is clearly based off of a kangaroo. Boomerangs used to be used to hunt kangaroos. Huh. So in this theory, so it's known there's Marowak, there's different tribes of Marowaks all over Kanto and whatever region you are. <laughs> and um, they like hang out in herds. Yes. And so... In order to start telling these tribes apart, they had to figure out a way to be different from each other. So they decided... Stickers. <laughs> they were going to hunt Congus guns, take their skulls, put a mark on them, and wear the Congus gun skull on their head with the mark so you knew what tribe you were from as a Marowak. She was. Then, when that Marowak died, they passed that skull on to oh. their eldest child it, to use as a headdress, as a part of remembrance and a part of honor and tradition. So, Cubones aren't wearing the skull of their, their dead mother. mom, but they like their their it's actual the mom's skull. But it mom is their it. it is their mom's skull, and now they're wearing that it was a mom's skull. And yes. Not- a body part. Exactly. So you can take it literally as in they're wearing their mother's actual dead skull or it's like, oh yeah, this was my mom's bracelet. This was my mom's skull. So my mom's hat is yeah. a better way to, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to have kids, but they could eventually. They could wear your skull. Wear my skull. It's big enough. Fuck you. I knew <laughs> that was coming. coming. I knew. <laughs> I was mostly meaning that I had, like, spooky shit. But, yes, I also have a very large head. Cool. (laughs) Okay. So that's the two different theories of Kangaskhan and Cubone. 
Number five, there's a couple of short ones in here. Number five and six are short. Ditto is a failed Mew clone. Oh, I get that. All right, so Mewtwo may not be... (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. So Mewtwo may not be the only result of experimentations done on Mew. Some theorize that the evidence of previous somewhat unsuccessful experiments is a ditto. Ditto can transform into anything, and it looks like a misshapen little blob of pink goo. Oh, they're like, oh no! And he's like, I, I, I can be these things. Oh, I can't so, both Mew and Ditto are pink, and they use transform. They both can use transform. Ditto is also found in the Pokemon Mansion in Cinnabar Island, which yes. is where Mewtwo was created. Meaning there could have been different experiments done before Mewtwo actually was created. And that's where Ditto came from. And he's a stupid cute. So cute. And basically everybody just uses him as a sex slave so they can breed all their Pokemon. Oh, right. I got very confused and then I was like, breeding? Oh, okay. (laughs) A breeding sex slave, not an actual sex slave. Yes, a breeding sex slave. I got very, very concerned for a moment. (laughs) It was like, this is a thing that I was not aware of. I didn't want to be aware of. (laughs) So, number six is one of my other ones that I really like that's silly. (laughs) Wobbuffet Uh, has a body decoy. (laughs) All right. Oh! So, (laughs) Wobbuffet has a bright blue, uh, incredibly durable body. And his dark tail is adorned with two little dots that maybe could be eyes. They look like them, maybe. So are they just designs? There's a theory that the blue portion of Wolbefet is not the actual body, but merely a decoy for the real body, which is what we see as the tail. This would explain why Wolbefet has a very high endurance for attacks, and several Pokedex entries added that Wolbefet will protect its tail at all costs, which makes sense if the tail is the actual Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> Wolbefet's eyes on the blue body never move and never change shape and the black tail is always shown to be peeking out behind it so that may actually be the real face and the real pokemon might actually I be like the that tail so isn't much. that cute? So cute yeah it's also, so dumb fun fact about wobbuffet is that <laughs> the wobbuffet <laughs> the different Genders, the female version yeah, has just the stupid little lipstick. lipstick. Yep, so like, dumb. So dumb. So dumb. And that would make much more sense if it's not a real body, but it's like, yeah, because oh. it's a decoy. Yeah. Oh, I'm a girl. Lipstick. Yep. All right. Number seven is some mountain moon theories. So there's three different theories. Yes, the three theories that I found was. So just in case anyone doesn't know, Mount Moon is a in Kanto region located in Pewter City. The mountain has the rare moonstones and the Pokemon fossils that you find. Clefairy. Yes. But this is the only particular landmark that contains these items. Yes. One theory is that Mount Moon isn't a mountain at all, but rather was a dormant volcano that erupted centuries ago, covering the area in magma and giving Pewter City its rocky namesake. This would also uh, be why it would have killed all the Pokemon living there, 
yeah. fossilizing them so that you can find their fossils. Oh-ho! Another guess is that a meteor struck the area, leaving behind the moonstones and causing a mass extinction of the Pokemon living there, leaving behind the fossils that you can find. This meteor would end up, you know, end up turning into the moonstones that we end up finding later randomly. The third theory is that the Clefairies come from space and colonized Mount Moon, bringing the moonstones with them and making it their home. This is my favorite. Yes. So I... I like to combine the volcano and this one because I feel like the volcano happened. It completely wiped out all the Pokemon living there, bringing up the fossils. And then the little Clefairies came and recolonized and brought all the fucking moonstones. And I mean, if we're going to get invaded by aliens, I hope they're cute. Oh my God. And they bring us stuff. I love Clefairies so much. Little fucking feetsies. So those are the two that I like to push together. That's my that's my theory of what happened with Mount Moon. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It works. Okay. Number eight. Ash's dad is Pikachu. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. I don't know what to do. What? All right. This is obviously anime-based, but could also play into the storyline of the live-action movie and hot dad, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, also, I don't know. All of these people getting into their, like, hot dad. They're hitting that age where they can't be this super hot person anymore, so now they're hot dad. And it's the best, and worst. it's pretty fucking great and awful. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. Okay, so... Pikachu in the anime, Ash's Pikachu, has some... I forgot that's what we were talking yes, about. Yes, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> some, I just, I'm just i just thinking of Chris Evans as hot dad now. And I Chris Evans as Pikachu. Brain. Chris <laughs> Evans as... <laughs> Surprise Pikachu. <laughs> I'm gonna post that. I am sorry. Okay. If you look at Chris Evans as Surprise Captain America, it looks identical to Surprise Pikachu every time. His mouth is just hanging open and he just looks so stupid. Chris Evans, I love you, but you look like Surprise Pikachu. So much. (laughs) Every time you're surprised. He even sort of, it's just like the turn around. He's just like, huh? Surprise. And I feel like I can hear him going, Pika! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Pikachu, Chris Evans, every single podcast. Pikachu has some unique tendencies. He never wants to go inside his Pokeball. He doesn't want to evolve. He obviously has an above average grasp of the human language as well. So the theory is that Pikachu is actually Ash's father. Ash's father was a friend of the Professor Oak, uh, of the Professor of Professor, of Professor Oak's Oak. in Palace Town. <laughs> and I well, like be, I like to be the referred Martha, as the Professor Oak, the Martha Bartlett. <laughs> So, while working on a risky experiment involving a Pikachu, Ash's father somehow got in the way, and his soul slash essence was placed into this Pikachu. This is like some of the fly shit. Mm -mm. 
It's fine. I'm leaving it in because that reference is for other people, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so this would either leave his other body dead or empty or possibly replaced by that Pikachu essence. Mm. Don't really know. (laughs) They don't get into that. (laughs) This guy that It's Chris Evans! Dad, so I just really want to come out to you. He's And You're like, oh, I guess we're not going to have this conversation then. (laughs) Cool. It's fine. I wanted to have a meaningful Uh. conversation. so much okay so in the first few episodes every time that you release uh pikachu from the pokeball he's just like randomly attacking things and even at some point he makes fun of ash not hard so some say maybe it's some temporary memory loss at the stage which is why he's scared and not in control of his new body and he knows that this new body is wrong like he knows it's wrong he's not really sure why oh, so my limbs are freaking out short. <laughs> you know, i've become an electric rat and i <laughs> yeah. don't know what happened so but upon getting to know ash and delia which is ash's mom he what? may yeah, apparently she has a name. Oh. <laughs> what is it? Delia. D-E-L-I-A. Delia? Maybe. Remember Delia's the shop? No. Oh, shit. You never had Delia's? I don't think so. It was... they. Sent, or if I did, I don't remember its name. They sent magazines. <laughs> oh, God. That's I dating us. I fucking know. <laughs> I'm going to find a picture so that you know um, what I'm talking about. But upon getting to know them... He starts to remember his past and decides, oh, I kind of sort of know what's going on. I don't need to be afraid. And I know that my family still loves me. Here we can argue that Delia may know the true identity of Ash's Pikachu. She was a student and a friend of Oak's, so she also may know about the experiment mm-hmm. and uh, maybe what sort of happened, especially for boyfriend i guess at the time came home and or no be husband because ash would already be alive and be yeah like, Pika. your uh, husband just started saying literally Pikachu. fucking imagine <laughs> what are you Something gonna happen. and then you and then you go to your husband's employer you're both of your employer and he's like oops i put your husband <laughs> in the body of a pikachu and you're like well i guess i'm never having sex again <laughs> <laughs> Never having sex no. again. That's the end. This could also be why she's okay with letting Ash start his Pokemon journey at 10 years old. Because she's a great because, mom. Because despite her fears, she's like, oh, well, he's... With his dad. Who <laughs> has electric powers now. I mean, probably it's more like effective at... your per- dad with a taser. I was going to say, it's more, probably more effective at protecting him than his actual dad. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> God. But yes. And then (laughs) Team Rocket tries to steal his dad. Do you get into that? There is a Team Rocket one that I get into. Oh, yeah. I love them. All right. That was number eight. Number nine. Team Rocket steals your dad. (laughs) Ash never ages. Why? Hmm. All right. So there is a popular theory of Ash's agelessness that revolves around the idea of a lightning-induced coma. It's actually pretty in depth, and you could I could probably do a whole episode just on this theory. And it kind of has the same vibes as the squall is dead theory um, that I talked about in episode two, if you guys don't remember. But um, this second theory is a lot quicker, and it's a lot sillier. So I'm just going <laughs> with that one because I don't have all this time. Basically, someone just was like, well, he could not be aging because of the Everstone. 
The Everstone is meant to keep a Pokemon from evolving, and it has basically just been sitting in Ash's backpack for the past 20 years, possibly unintentionally keeping him 10. Oh, shit. Yeah, just cute and simple, and not, like, as in the other ones in depth. Like, yeah. there's, like, I could pull multiple articles I feel on like it. this is still mind-fucky, but it's just enough. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Exactly. All right. So, there are a bunch more. Some of them are really silly. Some of them are more involved. But I'm going to do one more to even us out right at that nice 10 point. And nice round number. Yeah, you know. And this one... Team Rocket. Team Rocket. Is in purgatory. Oh. So <laughs> this would explain why Team Rocket is always cartoonishly failing. Blasting up again. Yes. As well as why the Pokemon universe time basically seems to stand still. Why they're trapped here? Team Rocketers in Purgatory punishing themselves over and over for the time when they separated a boy from his Pikachu in real life. They accidentally from killed his the- dad. They- <laughs> different theory, Martha. We are in a different theory. <laughs> they accidentally kill the Pikachu, and the boy commits suicide. So they relive this incident in a million ways of how they foil their own attempts. To set things right. This is ex- would explain why Ash doesn't grow up and Pikachu doesn't evolve. And they remain as Jesse James meow, 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 and meow. Like, I would like all of the cat and dog Pokemon at the same time, please. Please, all of them. Meow, that would be so cute, actually. <laughs> This is <laughs> so they remain Ash and Pikachu as Jesse James and Meowth remember them as this ten year old boy mm-hmm. and a Pikachu. So that is ten of the theories, and there are many, many, and more. there are many more. Some of them I was like this one. One of them was like. We're going to go a little Greek mythology and be like, the reason why Brock's eyes is always closed is because if he opens them, he's like Medusa and he'll fucking turn people <laughs> into stone, which is why he has stone Pokemon, because then he can't turn his Pokemon oh, into stone. Okay. They're already stone. <laughs> this is fucking silly as shit. Yes. <laughs> but also, I kind of like it. Oh, yeah, it's it was so funny. dumb. I was like, this is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> They even had the the one where I read that one even had a little um, anime thing playing a uh, scene. And it was like all of them with their eyes open, like giving a weird side eye. And then it was just Brock's always closed eyes sliding across his face. <laughs> side eye. I was like, this is so dumb. Oh. I hate it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, but those are 10 theories. What one's your favorite? Uh, obviously Pikachu is dad. That's so weird and dumb. I don't know what to do with my life, and I want everything. Like, the idea of <laughs> Team Rocket trying to steal your dad. <laughs> no, dad! Dad, wait! Also, oh my god, it's just, it's just the weirdest. It's so silly, and Straight. Yes, it is very I silly. Love it. <laughs> also, just the idea that you're like, well, I guess I'm Ash's mom. This is my Ash mom voice. And I'm just like, you go my off name, into the world. My name is Delia. Delia. <laughs> I have my own catalog. We live in the 90s and it's really terrible. That's what 
she was able to do once Ash left. She's That's like, really why she wanted him out of the house. I want to follow my dreams. <laughs> now I'm alone. Somebody stole my husband, put him in a fucking Pikachu. So I guess I'm going to have a Guess I'll make a weird fashion magazine. <laughs> for like 13 year old girls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So many low bell bottoms. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> was this, this wasn't last, it was two weeks ago we were talking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So those are some of those. Oh, one was just like, the reason why Meowth's always chasing Pikachus, because Meowth is a cat and Pikachu's a mouse. And I was like, that's not really a conspiracy theory. I feel like that's just the way. Also, it's Meowth's job. Um, Meowth is in purgatory. It's his job in purgatory. <laughs> I feel like he feels really bad about he how he. If you're gonna have a job, Pikachu. literally fucking anywhere, it's gonna be in purgatory. That's where. You know. Uh, you oh, just have wait. to do this thing, but you can never actually accomplish it. Cool, awesome, oh, rough, <laughs> rough life. It's probably also why their Pokemon fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah. Except for Pikachu, who's like, I hate you because I'm your dad. Well, no. The- <laughs> because clearly, I'm going to make your life suck because I'm still your I father. I just wish I could be Ryan Reynolds, but instead, I'm going to electrocute you. <laughs> I mean, same. That's I mean, You were stopping me from being Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that's the saddest. That is, that is a blasphemy to everyone. <laughs> that's sadder than fucking Cubone wearing his mom's skull. <laughs> <laughs> or the massacre of fucking Kagashan so that fucking Marowax can wear their skulls just so they can they can't just like just fucking grab. like wear a bracelet I literally was gonna say grab a scrunchie from somebody you're fine okay they're the pink tribe and we're the green tribe and the blue tribes over there yeah. no I'm gonna murder this Pokemon I race like, you know it's so funny your skull looks like it would fit perfectly on my head. What? <laughs> also, Kangaskhan's are really big. Way bigger. <laughs> way, way bigger. They'd have to get them, like, in between. You have to, like, young Kangaskhan, yeah, but not baby. Because clearly Kangaskhan's the little baby clearly just grows up into a big one. They don't evolve. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you see the little Kangaskhan in the pouch, and it looks He's just like the big one. It's just a baby. Mm-hmm. It's just small. So just, I want a small Kangaskhan as my Pokemon. Have you ever seen the pouch of an actual kangaroo? If the picture I saw of it is, it's not just like a pouch. It's like it opens up and it's like inside the fucking kangaroo. We should Google that after. Yeah. Yeah. Leave all of this in. I know. It's fucked up. No, absolutely. We are definitely leaving this in because everybody (laughs) else has to deal with this information. (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to look it up right now. Kangaroos. Kang. (laughs) (laughs) Just Kang. Kang the Conqueror. We're not going to do that episode, but we could because I think he's a bitch. (laughs) Pouch. We're looking up. Some of these images are awkward. Also for you. I hate anything that looks like a fetus. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're just gonna end this on I hate anything that looks like a fetus. Ugh. Is that a butthole? No. No, it's just a weird pouch. Mm. 
So yeah, I'm gonna let this video. I don't know why they keep giving me stupid videos. I don't want to watch your videos. stupid fucking I know. baby. I also don't care about you. Just show me a fucking. I want a kangaroo. Why is there so weird? I know, right? Also, genitalia. Also, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Do you want me to hold the pouch?" <laughs> I can hold my pouch. That's the pouch. Ew. Weird. It is very small. That's why you see so many baby kangaroos trying to jump. Look at it! Yeah. So, anyway, somebody else look up that video and then <laughs> and then email us and tell us what you think. Um, so yeah, that's our episode. <laughs> was awkward would you like to talk about some weird kangaroo pets no cool well maybe this is a podcast right. for you <laughs> so um that's yeah. our episode that's it episode 12. 12 so we do have some exciting news yeah that we, think we meant to mention at the beginning we and then we did. got totally lost as we do mm-hmm. so we are joining a podcast network <laughs> Martha's the literal worst bitch ever. <laughs> but we are joining a We're podcast, joining a podcast network, network. Uh, full of a bunch of geeks and nerds, and it's going to be great. Yeah, it should be uh, really fun. Yeah, it's a network that our good friend, Kevin, who does the Flopcast. One of the hosts of the Flopcast. Um, who's also our editor. Thank uh, God. He is, but, right, <laughs> right, what we spare you of. Um is part of, and we're excited to join it. Everybody seems awesome and nerdy. It is called the ESO Network. Mm-hmm. Earth Station One. Yes. So definitely heads up. We're definitely going to be posting about it, and it's going to be great, and we're definitely excited to join it. Yeah, make thanks sure for you, letting us join. Yeah, make sure you check out everything else on there. We'll be appearing on a few of their other podcasts. And we'll let you know when that happens. What, you know... We become official or something. I know, so so. You become fancy. a fucking part of a network, and mm-hmm. it happens. <laughs> All right, everyone. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Spotify. You can also always find us on Podbeam. Our Instagram is just at but first let's talk nerdy, and our Gmail is our email is but at first let's talk nerdy at <laughs> Yahoo. uh, Yahoo.com. We don't have a Gmail. It is Yahoo. <laughs> I still want to talk to people about defending Jacob and sexy Chris Evans or sexy Ryan Reynolds. Whatever yeah. floats your boat. Would you so, like to talk to us about kangaroo pouches? No? Or random kangaroo pouches. But yeah. Watch that video. Talk to us about how you're horrified. <laughs> so everyone stay safe. Please. There is still a big pandemic happening out there. Please wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Social distance. Yes. And we will see you next Tuesday. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.